I'm Dave Breckenridge, and you're listening to 10-3. It looks like Calgary will not be in the mix to host the 2026 Olympic Winter Games after all. After months of back and forth, the no side won out in a citywide plebiscite on Tuesday, leaving city council little choice but to scuttle a multi-billion dollar bid. We look at how the yes side failed to make its case and what the no vote says about possible future Olympic bids. It's Wednesday, November 14th. We'll get to our Olympic talk in just a moment, but before we do, I want to make sure you all take a second to subscribe to the show. On Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. While you're at it, leave us a review. Tell us how we're doing. And now, back to the show. Right on. Right on. Calgarians don't want it. Calgarians voted no! Ryan Rumbolt is a reporter for the Calgary Herald and the Calgary Sun. So, Ryan, despite a late funding deal, uh, getting the feds on board with uh, more money, and despite a roster of former Olympians pushing a yes vote and kind of tugging at the heartstrings of Calgarians, Calgary voted no in a plebiscite on Tuesday. How did the results shake out? Well, it, it came down um, perhaps at a slightly wider margin than some people had thought. Uh, the, the whole rhetoric uh, going on was that this was going to be a very, very slim vote. Some people were anticipating it could be as close as 51 to 49. Uh, margin, as I mentioned, was a little bit wider than that. 56.4 voting uh, no, saying that uh, no, in fact, we are not for Calgary hosting hosting the 2026 Olympic Games. And, uh, and now, we're, now we're in cleanup mode. Uh, it's exciting to be in this environment, to, to be with all the supporters. I was just comparing it to sport. You don't know what's going to happen until you cross the finish line. So the finish line has seemed like it's a long ways away, and the finish line is right around the corner. So It was 56% against. So... Obviously, as you say, it was kind of it was tough to predict um, how things were going to go, and people were predicting a very close race. I was reading some social media last night that the actual vote on voting day was very, very close, about fifty-two to forty-eight. But it was the advanced polls that really pushed the no side over the edge. Um, what does that speak to? Do you think that there were people who were just raring to go uh, to say no to this? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's probably one of the more more apt ways to look at it. That, that advanced voting, which was very high numbers, uh, more so than uh, Calgary's uh, 2013 uh, municipal election, uh, came out to vote in the plebiscite in general. But uh, those numbers on the no side were much higher than they were in the actual day of vote, uh, to the tune of about 65% voting no. So, so really, I think I think that really speaks to the, uh, the to what we were seeing online leading up to this. You know, the the big push. In which uh, you know Calgary 2026 and yes Calgary uh, both admittedly said that uh, online uh, no Calgary Olympics was winning the battle uh, as far as hearts and minds when it comes to this this plebiscite vote. I do think people uh, got engaged in the process and spent some time in that last week or so or two weeks. Uh, you know there was concern for a long time before there was good information available, uh, but but in the end I think Calgarians stepped up and, and read the information and developed uh, their point of view on it. And where did the the push for an Olympic bid seem to falter in Calgary? Where is it that the yes side kind of let its cause down? 
Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, the, the big push was always, or at least most recently, was around these economic benefits. And, and that seems to be messaging that really fell flat with a lot of, with a lot of Calgarians. Uh, you know, the big push was around this 10 to 1 dollar investment ratio and these 15,400 some odd jobs, uh, which, which were supposed to be created out of this thing. But, but a lot of the details there were were few and far between. Uh, those job numbers, we were never able to get a straight answer on whether they were long-term, short-term, uh, tied to games operations, or if it would be long-lasting benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that 10 to 1 ratio was uh, widely disputed by uh, many economists, both here in Calgary and, and outside the city as well. So yeah, I think it really speaks to to people... Yeah, really, really looking for for something else, and and really questioning the messaging that they were that they were getting, and I believe rightly so, because uh, you know if, if you're not if you're not looking into those those deeper facts, uh, you know it's it's easy it's easy to be led along the path, but when you're when you're looking at it a little more critically, there was there was a lot of gaps. Now, early on in this process, it seemed very. Uh, stark. The divisions were very stark. You know, it seemed to get a little nasty, and then it, things calmed down a bit as you know more information came out, and there seemed to be a, a better discussion uh, in the last couple of weeks before the plebiscite. Where does the city sit now? Are there still people who are you know really angry that this didn't go forward, or there sour grapes over this uh, vote result? Where, what's the the mood in Calgary now? Well, you know, we've been uh, speaking with a number of, uh, of stakeholders um, and, and, you know, people involved with other, other orders of government uh, as far as the province and, uh, and Ottawa is concerned. And, um, you know, th- there really does seem to be a, a, uh, an attitude of, of let's pick up and let's move on, at least this morning. Last night was a little bit different. We had uh, business, business folks in Calgary, you know, uh, tweeting some, some fairly, fairly outlandish things. And like you mentioned, sour grapes uh, was, was a a big part of uh, of this decision last night, um, but in the sort of cold light of day, it seems that those cooler heads are are prevailing, and now it really is a look at at what's next. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know this deal has been touted as uh, sort of the the last great hope to uh, for Calgary to, to rebound from from the recession. But I mean, we also have a hundred million dollar economic development fund here in town, which only a million dollars of that has been given out. So so it's it's not like there's not op- other options on the table now. It's just a matter of you know exploring those options now that now that this last Olympic deal is now officially off the table. So you know you talk about the economic argument, um, but it seems like part of that was they were really trying to hit at Calgarians on an emotional level. Either where it mm-hmm. talks about having setting up a great future uh, for children in Calgary with great facilities, or even just the idea that. Uh, the Olympic bid means Calgary gets back on its feet. And if you're against the Olympic bid, well, you just don't care about Calgary and Calgarians. But I take it the no side wasn't buying that emotional plea either. No, you know, and, and it, it's actually quite interesting because all, all of those economic uh, holes that no Calgary and the economists were able to to poke uh, in this deal, um, you know, when that started to happen, that's when we saw that switch to let's talk about legacy. Let's talk about the kind of city that, that we want to leave for, for future generations. And and that messaging did seem to stick with, uh, with certain demographics of the population, mostly those who were here and of, a, of an adult age when 
when Calgary hosted the 88 Olympics. But but really, um, beyond just that nostalgia factor, it was very difficult for, yes, Calgary and Calgary 2026 to gain any traction, specifically for those reasons. You know, people weren't buying that, you know, a, a multi-billion dollar investment in public funds was worth the uh, intangible benefits and, and worth those legacy benefits. And it really just came down to the numbers and, and enough people decided that they didn't add up enough to, to go ahead and pull the trigger on this investment. We'll be right back. The National Post launched 20 years ago to be a distinctive and surprising voice in the media landscape. Though much has changed over the past two decades, what hasn't is the core appeal of a paper dedicated to conservative values, interesting voices, unique perspectives, and a sense of fun. Check out what you've been missing. Get 20% off a one-year subscription to the National Post with promo code HAPPY20. That's HAPPY20. You know, I, I lived in Calgary for 10 years. I understand that in the last five or so, there's been, the city's taken a hit, uh, the downturn in the price of oil, the downturn in the economy. Um, the economy was in Calgary really rocked. Um, but one of the things that I remember from living there is that there's just this sense of entrepreneurial spirit. And I know it sounds like a cliche, but there are people there who have been trying to build a better city for years. And the notion that the Olympics can do it on its own kind of flies in the face of some of that, you know, can do it attitude for lack of a better term. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's interesting that you say can do because a lot of people were looking at the no side as this can't do. Their entire push from this was was not that this isn't that this isn't something we don't want to do. It's it's let's go ahead and do the right thing. And mm-hmm. and it wasn't seen by by Calgarians uh, by and large as as the right move. And 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 to to come out and say to Calgarians as well is that, you know, T- telling them what to do usually doesn't play out that well. Um, it's it's more of a lead a horse to water situation than trying to force it to drink. And and I believe that that's that's where Calgary 2026 found themselves was was trying to trying to push a message that really flew in the face of a lot of Calgarians and, and the work that we have put in so far to rebound from this recession. Yeah, it's it's a case of more like we. It's not that we don't want the Olympics necessarily. It's that this bid is not the right bid at the right time. Absolutely. I mean, I I don't think there's many people who'd be hard pressed to say that being in Calgary or being in a city when when the Olympics come to town, you know, is is the worst thing in the world that can happen. But a lot of the messaging that was coming out, you know, especially that, you know, this is the only option type of rhetoric that we were getting from Calgary 2026 really, really didn't sit well with a lot of people. And, And it really had people questioning, well, if this is the only option, why are we bothering with anything else? Why are why are we even, you know, attempting to to fill the downtown offices with with this hundred million dollar uh, benefit fund and, and and why are we looking at other options if if all we're hearing is that this is the only way to go about it and you know when you give people an either or situation they're they're often not not so inclined to uh to to, to go down the, that path okay now this was a non-binding plebiscite but I so it council still has to go ahead and vote on this You'd be hard-pressed to imagine uh, council voting in favor of an Olympic bid after the result of this plebiscite, right? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, the interesting thing with the non-binding part of this plebiscite is, is at least from council's point of view, it's it's non-binding. But but there are two uh, sort of caveats there, and that comes in the form of funding from other orders of government. Both the province and Ottawa said that uh, if Calgary voted no at a margin of fifty uh, percent plus one, all those funds would disappear, and that's one point four two three billion from uh, Sport Canada, and also uh, seven hundred million from from the province of Alberta. So, you know, and and Mayor Nenshi said last night, even himself, uh, while whilst addressing reporters after the vote came in, that that on Monday is anticipated when council will have a brief debate about this. And and there's almost no doubt in his mind that that this is going to be voted down. Uh, to to go the opposite would, as some people have said, it would be political suicide for any councillor who decided to go down that road. So if Calgary's out, who's left in the 2026 Olympic bid? Because other cities have dropped out of contention as well. That's right. The pool is uh, quite shallow, in fact. Uh, we've got Stockholm, Sweden, and a uh, combined bid from uh, two cities in Italy, who are really the only contenders uh, in this so far. Um, but now, uh, that being said, there has been some talk recently uh, from Salt Lake City, uh, perhaps getting interested in pursuing a bid uh, now that now that the list is sort of down and, and some people are speculating that with the IOC running out of options, uh, that there may be opportunities for other cities to, to get involved uh, with this uh, a little late in the game. But, but even then, uh, January is uh, the deadline for, for, um, for uh, cities to, to even be part of this um, and well ahead of, of the actual decision coming down next summer. So uh, if anyone is looking to get out there, uh, you know, th- those clocks are, are ticking rather fast. Now, what do you suppose it says about hosting an Olympics that it seems almost to be a, a fight of one, two, three, not it. I'm out, we're out, you go, you go ahead and yeah. do it. Does, it. does it speak to to the Olympic burden just being too much for countries and cities? Well, I think there's there's been a bit of a changing attitude, you know, I mean, with uh, with sort of the Russian doping scandal last time around and, uh, you know, some some rather lofty allegations against the IOC in years past as far as, uh, you know, I hate to use the C word, but uh, something akin to corruption. Uh, the, the appetite just doesn't seem to be there. Now, I'm not a, a, a sports economist or a sports writer, but, you know, living and breathing this file for the last uh, eight months consecutively and three years prior to that, um, you know, it's 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 becoming a bit obvious that that the appetite isn't quite there and and with the IOC's new mandate of this uh, of this 2020 uh, mandate to to hopefully change that around and, and to do a bit of a facelift uh, you know it's it's safe to say that uh, that that might turn around but it's going to take some work on their part to actually uh, convince cities uh, to to want to be part of this again because you know as we've seen uh, with Oxford studies and uh, independent studies here and there the benefits that they claim just don't seem to be there anymore so it's going to take something something a little bit more of a of a paradigm shift from the IOC to to get cities back on board with this whole process. Do you think that the no vote on Tuesday means that Calgary may never want to bid again on on an international uh, event this large or is it just this case? You know, it's a great question, and, and I do honestly believe that it is it is just right here, right now, that this wasn't the right time to to really galvanize the public to, to want to move towards this. Um, you know, spending more money in a downturn is hard to convince people to do anyway. Calgary's, uh, you know, still one of the cities uh, in Canada, major cities in Canada, that's really struggling still to, to bounce back from this uh, whole uh, 2008 situation. So, um, you know, I, I do honestly 
definitely believe that there could be another opportunity for this down the road. Now, now that being said, I don't think it's going to be 2030. Uh, Scott Hutchison, board chair of Calgary 2026, uh, also known as Bidco, uh, said uh, has just recently said that uh, it's going to take at least seven years. Yeah, he said, put the pen down uh, for that amount of time. But uh, but no, I don't I don't think this door has closed entirely for for Calgary. Uh, I think I think Calgarians are going to want to see what happens with the next couple of Olympic bids and and to see how the IOC is able to you know avert uh, Sochi and uh, you know Pyeongchang levels of of overruns and and if they're if they're able to prove that that's something they can do, uh, I, I think there's a very good chance that Calgary could once again be in the in the running, but not anytime soon. All right. Well, I guess uh, for now, Alberta's Olympic dreams are, are dashed. Uh, Ryan, thanks very much for your time. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Here's what else is happening. Cannabis industry insiders say supply issues for Canada's newest cash crop will persist for years. Provinces across Canada have all reported varying degrees of marijuana shortages since legalization nearly a month ago. A spokeswoman for BC's government distribution arm says some producers have been able to meet volume commitments, but one cannabis CEO says the tough regulations imposed on Health Canada have made it a challenge to get product to market. 10.3 is produced by Carson Jarama, edited by Carrie Ann Sproul, audio gathered by Vanessa Hervatin, Sammy Hudis, Ryan Rumbolt, Gavin Young, and Dean Pilling. Special thanks to my guest, Ryan Rumbolt. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.